Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to the podcast. This week, we're going to put the launch broadcast. We did a live on Facebook, a live broadcast, had some fun uh, when we were watching the Launch America Demo 2 launch for SpaceX and NASA, and it did scrub. The weather wasn't good enough, They and, and it was an instantaneous launch window, which meant if they if they launched immediately, they, were, they had to launch immediately. Otherwise, the, there was no backup, so there was no extra time. So... Um, the next launch will be this Saturday, May 30th at 3.22 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So if you want to watch that, NASA is going to be uh, putting it up live. SpaceX, uh, it, there was so much momentum online uh, with this being out there. Um, so it was, a, it was a lot of fun um, seeing all of that, seeing where space has come after, you know, in, in our case, 200 episodes of the podcast. But just in general for the space program, man, there's some momentum behind this. If you want to learn more about the launch, this is a perfect opportunity. We talk about a bunch of stuff that will still be important for Saturday. And if Saturday gets pushed off, uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern Daylight Time, is the backup to the backup. But I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you guys for uh, listening to the podcast. And make sure to share it with your friends and family, anyone that's a space nerd. But there's a place for them here. Um, that's it, folks. Enjoy this episode. And we'll see you next week for our episode with Wayne Newmar, A7L Props, an actual real-life rocket scientist and uh, prop maker who's made some pretty amazing stuff, including spacesuits and one of the original working BB-8. So that's next week. Uh, but now, enjoy the broadcast. Launch America, people. Right here we go. Folks, welcome to Today in Space. We're here for a special launch hangout with myself, Alex Girofanos. We've got Sarah in the background over here, hanging out. And uh, we're here. It's Launch America. It's Demo 2. This is, this is the culmination of years, years of planning and teamwork and trust and, and getting us to a point where... I don't think <laughs> I don't think a lot of us even that wanted this to happen expected this to happen when it did. So uh, I'm super excited. What I wanted to do, we've got launch in uh, at 4:33 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We've been watching the feed here all afternoon, and we <laughs> we seem like weather is looking good. Weather still seems to be good. They're still they're still ready to abort the launch or, or, or scrub the launch at any point here. So if that does happen, which is a possibility, I'm going to start this broadcast telling you guys scrub is totally possible. So if that happens, if they say this is not safe enough for astronauts to launch, Bob Bankin, Doug Hurley, then we're going to shift it to Saturday and Sunday around 3 p.m., 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Daylight Time. So... Um, to, to start this, let's let's talk about like where 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 have we come? What and, and, and what is this? What does this launch mean? I mean, if you guys have been watching the broadcast, you've probably heard a bunch of people talk about this. But I wanted to give you uh, my perspective since uh, we're here. Let's hang out. 
Uh, if you have any questions, uh, we will do a Q&A right before launch. We've got like 30 minutes after we do an intro here to do some Q&A, so leave your comments uh, below, and uh, Sarah will go through those. She'll, she'll send me any questions that we have, and uh, let's let's start here and talk about just teamwork, right? We talked, we, we started this year, one of our first episodes of the year was talking about balance. You know, a lot of what I talk about in the balance is kind of a mix of what the space industry has been going through to get back to its its level of success and, and level of just operating in space without uh, any restrictions. And also we mix that in with the balance of life, right? Because this it's not, it may seem like two astronauts launched into space, but it's very much, a huge, huge team effort from NASA, from SpaceX, and this this started like five years ago, where both of those astronauts joined the SpaceX team to train them in basically the the old ways of the space shuttle uh, and transfer that knowledge over because human spaceflight spaceflight just hasn't been hasn't been in America's basically own operation since 2011. The space shuttle. I know I've mentioned this a million times before. But this is the this is the the last time we we should be talking about it. Uh, you know, crossing our fingers, everything with launch goes well. This is the return to human spaceflight for America. That's why launch America. That's why this is so so important. And f- having uh, space shuttle veterans like Doug Hurley and Bob Bankin aboard is so important. And th- and they also were able to give that experience for the people that are going to be on board, right, the astronauts, they were able to work with the team that was building this rocket. So all of those things are have been a long time coming. Uh, we've got Doug Hurley as our pilot. His last, his last flight was the last space shuttle flight. So Doug is one of, I mean, this is history here. He's, he's back launching into space, going to the Interna- International Space Station. And the space shuttle is, is what made the International Space Station possible in space. And now we're finally launching back to it on our own accord. We, we have been very, very lucky that the last uh, nine years, we've had that partnership with uh, the Russia Space Agency to have the Soyuz system. It's been the only reliable ride into space for human beings since the space shuttle was re- retired. So it, it, it is also the fact that we had that partnership to... to to get us to this point where we could have commercial entities like SpaceX, like a Boeing to come up later this year, um, that, that are able to do this. And, you know, the great thing about SpaceX is we've seen their their rapid development and testing come into into real life. You know, it's not just a theory or a, a hypothesis anymore. This is now a, a working theory that SpaceX, you know, this fail fast, test, repeat, and, and refine that. This This is something that was not really part of the the way that space travel was done. Space travel was kind of stuck in this um, tight position of, you know, if it's never flown before, we won't use it. And then the level where they would decide uh, back in the day, this is the early 2010s, of like, hey, if this launches, we need to make sure everything is perfect. And it would have to fly so many times that by the time it flew, it would be years and years and years. Um, But SpaceX has now proven that it is possible to test quickly and rapidly develop and do safe things. They had the the in-flight abort test, which was before this, where the this Crew Dragon capsule uh, launched and actually aborted from the rocket at 
the max Q, which is the max aerodynamic pressure. It's where the point where the rocket has the, the basically the, the most extreme forces acting on it. And it was able to uh, get the, the spacecraft away from the rocket and landed safely. And that was the test that brought us to this point where now they're putting crew on board. You know, we've been watching the broadcast. The crew is strapped in. They're getting ready for launch. We... And it, it's amazing that we've gotten to this point. But the, the thing to remember is it's safety over everything. That, that, that has been, you know, I think watching this broadcast up until this point has been kind of more emotional than I expected it to be. Uh, you know, I've watched a lot of launches in my tenure here at, on the podcast for about five years. And in the five years before that, just as an aerospace engineer just being passionate about, oh my God, can we get back? I mean, I went to school, I went to college to work on the space shuttle. That's one of the reasons I became an aerospace engineer. And so, you know, I go to college in 2008, the shuttle gets retired 2010, 2011, and I'm about to get my degree or, or, or you know, at the point where, you know, I would have been out of school and now it's retired. It doesn't exist anymore. And the space industry went through this weird decade of, Oh, it felt like nothing, and I think the um, we can all relate that you know uh, many people were unaware of what NASA was was doing for a long time, and the incredible momentum that space has had, and now with Launch America, I mean, all of that is is what's bringing this emotion, <laughs> emotional side of me, and and the, my my engineering side of my brain is obviously going through. The, the numbers, right? This is, you know, we have a system that has been tested to make these astronauts safe. I'm thinking safety, and everyone that's working on this team, SpaceX and, and the NASA team, at an even more incredible level than than I'm even able to, because they're they're involved in sending these people into orbit. And why? And the the thing that we have to ask is why did NASA get in that point where everything had to be f flight ready and, and so strict? It was because of the problems that we had on the space shuttle, right? We had both Challenger and Columbia, we had those disasters happen, and the, it was not, it's not, it's not a laughing matter, I'm laughing because I'm nervous, um, it is the reason that the space program got halted, it got delayed, it, and, and so making sure that these human beings are safe when they go is everything, um, so I, I am super, super humbled to see where we are today, to, to know some of the people that are involved in working on this and, that, and knowing how hard they work to make this possible. Um, it's insane. It, 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 it's a wild time, and I can't believe we're here. I mean, this is this is everything uh, we've been waiting for for a super long time, and I cannot wait. So um, I'm not sure if we uh, we had any questions. Yeah, let's uh, let's go. Where was NASA going before SpaceX? Huh, where was NASA going for SpaceX? That's a, a great question. Um, who, who sent that in? Rick. Rick. Oh, Rick. What's up, Rick? <laughs> uh, so NASA wasn't going anywhere before uh, SpaceX, and that, that's of course a very general thing to say. But there, there was no mission. There, there was no um, plan that we were going to. In fact, it's part of the reason why SpaceX was built uh, was because Elon Musk. Made his made his money, made his millions, and then he was trying to uh, affect change with with his money, doing what we hope billionaires do, which is use their money to change the world around them, right? And so he wanted to 
help NASA get more funding. So his first thought was, let's send a greenhouse to Mars so that we can grow plants on Mars so people can see that life is possible on a planet like that and then get people to get to the representatives to get the voting underway to get more funding for NASA. But he had to go on that trip to try and find a rocket to send that up. He had to use his money to buy those rockets. And he went on the market. He went on the American market, couldn't find one that was, you know, he couldn't buy enough rockets to do the testing he needed to get us there because um, everything was too expensive. And then he went to the Russian market, same thing. Everything was way too expensive. And so that's why he, on, the, on the plane ride, one of the plane rides back from his trip to Russia, we talked about this on our podcast with uh, Ozan Vorol, um, the author of Think Like a Scientist, uh, a few episodes back on the podcast, um, where he literally started thinking about first order principle thinking, about like what, what makes a rocket? What, how much does the stuff that it makes a rocket, aluminum, titanium, carbon fiber, all these things, uh, what do they cost? And then what's the cost of the rocket? And to find out that it was about 2% of the actual amount of money that each rocket cost, he said, let's build our own. And so NASA got pushed by SpaceX, and SpaceX got pushed by NASA. And so that's where we talk about the teamwork, right? And so now we're here. I mean, back in 2011, NASA literally did not have a time frame, like a, a date on when we were going to Mars. Never mind going back to the moon with the Artemis program. It didn't exist back in 2011. Um, and to be here at this point is wild. It's, it's crazy. And I, I hope I answered the question. But that's, that's, that's where NASA was, in kind of the nebulous, in a black hole of its own, you know, uh, of its own world. You know, it just, it, it was stuck behind political bureaucracy and funding, and there wasn't enough funding to get to the next step. Um, and luckily, we've had momentum where commercial crew has kind of gone through two different uh, presidential <laughs> uh, cabinets here and gotten the funding that it needs to keep going. So we're, we're very lucky because before that, it was uh, the Constellation Program with George W. Bush. That got canceled because it was too expensive, didn't get the funding it needed. And then the asteroid mission, um, SLS, is still being funded today. So there's, um, it's, it's crazy that we're here. And, and what I love to see is that NASA, Jim Bridenstine, NASA's administrator, is talking about actually changing the way that NASA does business. You know, not making NASA the, the sole people that build everything, the hardware, the software, everything. They're actually saying, all right, let's have somebody else build it and, and we'll become this, this platform for people to launch into space, to do the next things, and then NASA can focus on the things that they're really good at, which is, which is the next level stuff, you know, not so much the, up, the operational stuff. So um, it's, a, it's incredible to be at this point. I can't say, can't say it enough. So... We'll take questions here below, folks. If you guys want to um, want to ask any questions or or just hang out and see uh, see what you're doing, that's what this is. This is a launch hangout. We're just we're just chilling. We've got the uh, launch broadcast in the background here. They're actually showing the spacecraft here. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, I have here on my notes, is the the crazy thing about the whole SpaceX approach is that the suit is actually in tandem with the spacecraft. So they're, they're, they work together. And the suits are actually plugged into the spacecraft, and they, they give them air, it gives them biometrics. It, it actually, in the, in the case that, for whatever reason, the capsule gets depressurized, 
it will actually be able to, it, it's supposed to keep them safe. It will keep them pressurized within their suits as they're attached to that seat, which is, is a whole new way to think about it, a whole way to think about how we can do space in this new future. So uh, just how lucky we are that we have not only the restart of America's ability to launch into space, but a futuristic one. I mean, if you guys haven't seen that suit, I'm going to switch over here. Uh, we've got our broadcast from uh, NASA here in the background. We are actually, I mean, it, it looks like the future. I mean, it's its crazy. And I, I didn't bring the helmet uh, that we were 3D printing, but um, it's pretty it, its pretty amazing. Um, we, we got a, an amazing prop thanks to... Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, Sarah's going to go grab that for us. Um, thank you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Wayne from uh, A7L Props, um, he sent us, he was the first one that kind of made me uh, aware of the, the actual, I'm going to look him up here so I can give him a shout-out, because he is the man. And we're going to have him on here, uh, Wayne Newmar. Um, let's see. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. You're you're the man, dude. Uh, he's very, very well known for his uh, his prop work. Uh, he's also an, an actual rocket scientist, and he does this on the side, which is obviously uh, amazing. Um, but he had, yeah, so he's at A7L Props uh, on Instagram. You can check him out. He did Mark Watney's suit. Um, he did uh, one of the original Apollo suits, and uh, he does great work, but it's uh, it's crazy. So the helmet uh, is, is really big. It took us uh, over two days, two and a half days to 3D print that. You can check that out at our uh, Instagram page at AG3D Printing. Uh, it's our lab that helps support this podcast. And uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild that uh, we're going to have him on. It was a real honor to have him. And that will be next week's episode. This, this intro and our hangout will, uh, <clears throat> will continue and will be available tomorrow, I guess Thursday is when our, our podcast usually comes out, so if you guys do need to jump out or catch up later, we'll have this there. Um, that's on Spotify, that's on Apple Podcasts, Today in Space, and if you, if you um, are looking for space music, right, if you're looking for something to throw on in the background later today or, or while launch is going on, we've got our Space Mix playlist on Spotify, that's at... Um, it's literally called the Space Mix. I'll pull that up here so you guys can see. Uh, I was adding some new songs today because the 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 astronauts were actually they had a few songs that they had on their playlist on their way over to the launch pad. Uh, they had let's see, ACDC "Back in Black" was one of them. Uh, apparently, the Elevator Blues Brothers music, "The Girl from Ipanema," which is a pretty pretty iconic song, and uh, the Star Spangled Banner by the Army F uh, French Horns, and uh, I mean, that's those three are going on our list here. Uh, if you want to add anything, anything on this mix is space or science related, so if you guys want anything that's on here, um, please just reach out, we'll add it to it, and uh, we've got three followers already, so if you want to go over there, give it a like, give it a follow. We've got four and a half hours of music, so you can just jam out. I usually put this on before a podcast, get myself pumped up. Just to go through the list here, we got Starman, David Bowie, uh, we've even got some Black Sabbath in here, Lonely is the Word, Stargazer, um, further on we've got 
uh, Space Jam, the original Space Jam song, and Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, Blue Skies by Ella Fitzgerald that was added uh, after the uh, Picard series. And I don't know if you heard Lindsey Sterling's Artemis song, but that was a, a pretty cool collaboration that happened. Um, and yeah, folks, I'm going to check in on some comments here. I'm going to put the broadcast audio on. And I'm here if you got any questions. Thank you, Let me know if uh, you guys can hear. On hold and launchscape protocol. For not urgent no-go conditions, brief CE or LD, and it will approve aborting the launch auto sequence and proceed the launch abort. For urgent issues affecting the safety of the operation, operators shall call hold, hold, hold on the countdown net. Launch control will abort the launch auto sequence immediately and proceed into the launch abort auto sequence. So, this is the lower half of the SpaceX helmet. Um, it's not the whole thing, but what we're going to do is we're going to fill out some foam uh, around the... Oh my god, it's so weird to see yourself and like try and position the camera. <laughs> what am I looking at? Okay, uh, so, so the helmet, uh, we 3D printed it two hours, about two, two days and 15 hours. So it was a really long print. It went through three different color changes. Uh, and you can actually see here <laughs> on the uh, last broadcast, uh, the um, strong back is pulling away. The, the, wow. The, the, the futuristic crew platform is, is pushing away and we're getting ready for launch. I'm going to get the audio back on here. Now currently Falcon 9 is looking good. All right, so the great thing about all this stuff is... Wow. This is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. So, yeah, weather is still tracking pretty good. Um, and the weather has been really the biggest the biggest thing here. Everything, uh, I mean, the people that are working on this, I can't say this enough about the, the SpaceX and the NASA team that has been working tirelessly this whole time to make sure that everything is safe. Uh, I mean, even Elon Musk was working long, long hours leading up to this point. Uh, and even right now, down to the second that we launch, they're going to be checking to make sure that everything is go. And one of the things that they mentioned earlier in, in the broadcast was, if you're not looking, this is, this is I'm, I'm just trying to remember what they said, it's not a quote, but trying to look for something that's wrong. If you're not looking for something that's wrong, then you're not, you're not doing it right. And so it's, it's, it's not taking it personal and like, oh, I don't want my work to be bad. No, it, that, that is out the, that's been out the window. This is not how these people think. These people think if there is something wrong, you say something. They're launching, as they were saying, in SpaceX, they actually, when they talk about this, they're not talking about launching the Dragon or, or launching, you know, um, the Crew Dragon to space. They're talking about launching Bob and Doug. I mean, that is such a powerful, just, when, when you, when you had the space program basically canceled because of the disasters that happened with the space shuttle, it's, it's so good to hear 
this from this team about that they, they get it right there's so many people that um were thank you were anti-spacex people that holds nasa spacex new space versus old space thing look i even i got caught in a bit caught up in it too um and uh, it's not that's not what this is anymore and and we talked about it on our episode with zach hall about how it kind of just diminished i think it was his his uh, first space pod for space explored spaceexplored.com and it's wild how quickly that diminished it was such a a a weird rivalry for a really long time and we've gotten to this point where now they're they're working together as a family as a team and i mean this is what we need this is what we need from from a space program and and honestly just i mean think about where we are at the world right to think that we have had all this (laughs) um divisiveness and people picking sides and then you get hit with coronavirus and needing to man completely shut down not only the country but the world and then to have nasa and spacex step up to keep things going to get us to this point um i mean it's it's a message of of what we should all be striving for right and so uh it's it's crazy it's crazy. And to, and, and to add on to it, they're launching from Pad 39A, which is the same pad that human spaceflight has gone from. Apollo, space shuttles. I mean, this is... The, the fact that SpaceX was, was luckily enough to be chosen for, for that to be the case, and that they are the first ones of this commercial crew program to be launching, uh, I mean, it's a huge testament to the way that they operate space. I, I, I can tell you... Uh, when I was in school to be an aerospace engineer from 2008 to 2015, uh, that was not the mindset. The mindset was definitely not private. It was definitely not, um, what am I thinking, like reusability. Reusability uh, was not a thing. Uh, people couldn't wrap their heads around, you know, reusability as an actual way to launch into space. Uh, everyone, uh, like I remember having a <laughs> having a friendly debate with a professor, uh, it was a uh, chemistry professor. He just couldn't. Um, he was like, "Well, the 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 fuel cost alone would <laughs> would be too expensive." And I think it's just we get used to doing things the same way. Uh, I mean, it's that's human, right? We we get used to the same behavioral patterns that we stick to, and and we we get caught up in that. And I mean, that's hopefully. What I've, what we've tried to do here is to just kind of push. Uh, this podcast has been a huge thing for me to to push the boundaries of who I am as a human being and and get better and and have better behaviors. Um, and what I love about what NASA and SpaceX are doing is is there. You, I'm starting to see a pattern of of whether they're doing it consciously or subconsciously. I know you, as behaviors you're going to hate that, but. Um, <laughs> um, what what I'm seeing as a track record of their actions is pretty amazing. You know, NASA is has taken this whole approach of let's test and and, and get stuff wrong so that we can get it right, um, so we know what can go wrong. Um, we're seeing this on on every level from how they're providing money to different companies like SpaceX and Boeing. Like they're they're giving them the opportunity to fail and allowing them to build momentum and. Uh, to see what they're trying to do with Artemis. Artemis is this, you know, it started off as this, okay, let's go back to the moon, but then what? Um, 
and they're going to send the first woman and next man to the surface of the the moon. But that's that's not the end goal. That's just the beginning of what they're trying to do. And so they're going to take three launches to get themselves to the moon. Right? Take some short steps just to get back to where we where we were before. Right? Let's not let's not jump into this too quickly and hurt somebody and ruin the momentum we've had. Right? Let's build a, an infrastructure and slowly develop the way to go to the moon, which then after that we'll start seeing things like the gateway where they'll be able to go into orbit, dock uh, on a station, and then go in a more controlled, safe way down to the surface of the moon. And then we build that up and that becomes uh, more repetition and, and we start getting better at that. And then we test things like um, a... a uh, a colony, a you know, we, we test that ability on the moon where we have the ability to send people home. You know, if we just shot from Mars, if we just said, let's go live on Mars, it would not be the same thing that we're trying to do now. It would be way more risk. There would be so much more chance for human loss of life and, and for a program to die, right? And so they're building up the abilities to go to the moon, to test the colony, to then bring it to Mars. So we've got stuff that we've used before. We've tested it, right? Um, but then also setting up just the infrastructure in space, so the gateway that NASA talks about a lot, Artemis. This is all ways for us to slowly and steadily go into the future um, of, of space. And so I... I cannot be more excited for what I'm seeing from NASA. It's been it's been about 10 years that I've been following this, um, maybe even a little bit longer. And and I, emotionally, I'm, I'm <laughs> I am high on emotions right now. This is this is craziness. Um, but we are sitting at. Oh, I keep showing that to you guys. Sorry. Uh, we look like we still got launch. And 13 seconds away. 36 minutes and. Nine eight seconds away. Look at that launch pad. The weather seems to be clearing up. I am getting goosebumps over here. This is uh, an exciting moment. Uh, when I was sitting in the vehicle, Leland Melvin, we retracted, amazing astronaut. All the loaded, the prop was getting loaded up. I was just uh, going through my crew notebook. I was thinking about you know what my first step would be if there was a malfunction because usually everything goes normally when you fly to space but you have to think about the things that you have to take care of you know the first steps you have to take care of and on my mission I was calling out the abort calls like if we had lost an engine where would we go next when the different abort calls around the country and around the world so I think that's what those guys are probably thinking about now vehicle uh, assembly really building not this, base this mission to go don't make the mistake I did. Absolutely, and we're just now about 20 seconds from when we expect propellant loading to start. Again, that's fueling of the rocket. And then we are at the new countdown clock with Pad 39A right in the background, right in the middle. So let's listen in. All right, so they're going to be loading up the rocket with fuel, getting it ready to launch, folks. Uh, again, if you have any questions... Please feel free to hit us up in the comments below. If you just want to say hello, reach out, um, hit us up below. I think the uh, I know the Space Pants Squad has been active on Twitter. Space Pants Squad, for those of you that don't know, one of the uh, one of the amazing people that we had on our last episode is Julia Kaliski, who's a member, one of the founding members of the Space Pants Squad. But it's it's just a um, 
it's a fun group online that uh, has been on Twitter. We've been following launches for a really, really long time, uh, even before I, I started um, joining in. It was just a bunch of people who were in this weird time of space travel before, you know, that 2010 to now, uh, where space wasn't as busy. There weren't as many launches. You know, we definitely did not have the opportunity for multiple launches, uh, you know, per per day. That that uh, that that did was not even close to possible. Never mind having them both on the pad at the same time like they were when we were at our NASA social back in December. And uh, it, it, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. I'm getting a little distracted from all the screens here. <laughs> but um, as they're showing there, uh, I don't think you guys can see it. But, yeah, so they are showing off the Crew Dragon. And what, what, what I'll point out here, as I'm guessing what they're talking about here a, a little bit, is, is how to keep the crew safe, right? Um, I think that's, that's something that a lot of people, when you think about the fact that we're launching human beings into orbit, uh, it, it, it's, it's something that should not be taken lightly. And, you know, as, as excited as I can get, that's just kind of, because I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm def default optimistic. Um, and to not slide into delusion, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the reality that we're, we're launching human beings here, right? So um, making sure that everything was okay was a long and difficult trial for both SpaceX and NASA. They had to make concessions on both sides as to the way that they wanted to go about things because ultimately NASA has essentially, compared to everybody else, infinite knowledge of, of how to fly human beings into space. And uh, SpaceX, uh, you know, just like, just like you, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, I want to say youngster, but it's going to make me sound old. But uh, if you're <laughs> if you're still trying to figure out what you're trying to do with your life, and you haven't gone to college yet or anything like that, um, it, it's it's a it's a pretty wild ride, and you learn a lot of things along the way. And I can tell you, as someone who's just turned thirty, I can look back at my uh, early twenties. Um, we, we don't all think uh, <laughs> we don't all uh, have have the best. Um, best ideas at that age. Uh, we don't we don't live our life. We get people laughing in the background. Uh, <laughs> um, we we have things that we think we know, but are just not at all what the reality is. And so you kind of had that weird dynamic of the young SpaceX who wants to go to space and do these amazing things. And then you, then you had the NASA, the the the, the kind of the the parents of the space industry as far as sending humans and and just overall space in general. And they had to they had to learn how to work together, and it's just wild to see that we've gone this far. I mean, how many times am I going to say wild or amazing? <laughs> um, I need to work on my etiquette here, but no, just ec just ecstatic here. We've got thirty some odd minutes here. It's just pretty. I mean, I, I can't I can't anymore. This is this is craziness. Oh, let's. I'm gonna check uh, if we've got any questions. I'll put the broadcast on for you guys. White cylinder, and then above that will be the Dragon trunk and the capsule. Now, currently, the second stage is also loading fuel with RP-1. That's about uh, eight percent full right now. We are loading liquid oxygen on the first stage. 
The second stage liquid oxygen load will begin at T minus 16 and a half minutes if the weather cooperates. So LOX loading will then... All right. They are still loading fuel. Which is which is good. This is this is uh, these are the steps we need to take. It seems that the weather is still holding off. Um, and again, the weather is not just like above the launch pad. The weather is everything around this, right? Including where the rocket will end up, and where any place that the in the case that the Falcon Nine has an issue and the Crew Dragon has to abort. Any place that that rocket could end up at any point in that launch, they need to make sure it's open. They need to make sure that the wind isn't too fast um, or that the wind shear isn't too strong. Because, I mean, just the rocket alone, you could literally, you know, you've got wind crossing each other. When it's strong enough, it could rip that thing in half. And knowing if something does happen that the Super Draco engines that are located here on the side, you can see oh, right there. These are what would activate if they had to pull away from the rocket. And, um, it, man, it's, it's pretty wild. Wild. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. We gotta get better at these lives. <laughs> I just, like, lose track of what I was talking about. I'm like, I'm like, man, this really came out nice. I remember when that was 3D printing, and then the thought goes. It's just, it disappears, it floats away, and I'm sitting here looking at myself on a screen going, is this... Right, we're live. Oh, right, people are, are listening. What are these little... These little here, these are other... Um, so we're, we're talking about... Let's see here. Let me show you. So these are also thrusters. So when you're in space, and you're three, three, in 3D... Um, you're going off of pure momentum. So when when you launch off, you may you may need to turn or rotate. Yaw. Uh, these are all things that are possible, and so that's what possible by these little thrusters here. So you'll see little white um, puffs of just compressed air that's that's being used, uh, compressed gas. Um, that is used as a thruster, and 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 it's pretty amazing. You know, usually you see these thru thrusters, um, you see a thruster, you know, for the most part, and the fact that they're embedded inside of the the spacecraft, it's just a nice sleek look, and they have all the the control that they need uh, with those. So that's a great question. That's a great question. I'm gonna push back on broadcast audio. Mission operators will prepare Dragon for on-orbit operations, where Dragon will execute a series of burns that are going to gradually raise its orbit to align more closely with the International Space Station. And you're seeing some of that track in the animation on your screen right now. After doing enough of Dragon those burns for the Dragon... Oops, sounds like we're going to get a weather update real quick for the oh, Here we go. Go ahead, Spacex. Yeah, we're currently just evaluating uh, one constraint, a constraint on the field mill rule, which looks at lightning energy dissipation. Um, we expect to have an update at about T minus 20, and uh, more information there on whether we would be able to continue into the prop load or, or scrub at that time. Hmm. All right, so an update for weather. Interesting. Copy, so I'll give you some more. Yeah, lightning discharging would not be good for... Not ideal, no. <laughs> no. We're going to find in about six minutes if we're going to have enough time. And John, I was referring to a couple of those weather 
situations where we have to have a, a certain amount of time. In this case, uh, with the field mills, about 15 minutes. So they have until about 16 minutes and 30 seconds to really make sure that we're going to have enough time for that to dissipate. So we're going to be listening for that weather update in just a couple of minutes. But it is going to be a pretty interesting trip uphill for them once they actually get on orbit. So, I mean, first of all, I, I want to give props to uh, the SpaceX team for just, like, how they've, they've changed launch broadcast, um, I think, for the future. And it, it's, it's so cool to have seen so many people that, that have worked at SpaceX that have kind of become these, uh, you know, these commentators. And it, it's cool. I love that they have people that have actually worked on systems be... Uh, people that are part of this broadcast. I think it's a it's a cool way to to get involved, um, and it makes sense. You you should have a, a lot of technical knowledge. Um, of course, uh, that would be that would be an amazing job. That'd be very cool. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I have to don my Falcon Nine <laughs> cap because I am a big SpaceX fanboy. <laughs> But no, it's, it's um, like I said, history that we are here at this point. I'm going to turn back some broadcast audio. Following successful completion of Dragon's test objectives and cargo loading operations, the crew will close out the cabin, perform final system checks, and configure the vehicle for undocking. Once the automated undocking sequence is complete, Dragon will complete two departure burns using its Draco engines, pushing it away from the space station. All right, folks, like we said, if you have any questions, just want to say hi, hit us up in the comments below. Appreciate you guys for, for joining us today on this historic day of Launch America and Demo 2. Uh, all of the operations following the final departure maneuver will include things like trunk separation, closing that nose cone again, executing a deorbit burn, and once they're inside the atmosphere, deploying drogue and then main parachutes, and then finally splashing down off the Florida coast. At which team? Actually, let's let's talk about parachutes because that that has been a huge, one of the major problems that SpaceX and NASA and, and even Boeing had to deal with on sending humans into space. The it, it seemed for a really long time there that the parachutes were the hardest thing of getting humans into space, um, which which is not some. I didn't expect that. I don't know about what you guys think, but to, it, it makes sense. I mean, the parachutes are what if if something does go wrong, what's ultimately what brings the spacecraft and the humans back down to Earth? It's the parachutes. Um, I guess I had always thought that parachute technology was figured out already, but I I was wrong. I was wrong. What are the parachutes made out of? That's a very good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. But yeah, to, to, to see that that was such a, a big hurdle, and, and also just to see, you know, Boeing has the, um, the, the, the pleasure and, and I guess the, the, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but... No, not so much responsibility. I guess I'm I'm looking for um, they've been in this game longer, so a lot of their stuff that they would use, uh, they've either flown with before, or they've had you know a lot of different tests before it. So so they kind of had almost an easier job. I don't want to say easier job because nothing not nothing that is going on today that has brought us to this point is easy, but um, to have 
a little bit more flight heritage mm. obviously helps. Um, I'm not 100% sure whether those specific parachutes they, that they used for uh, the Starliner were used before, but at the very least, I know a lot of that team has been working, especially Boeing. Boeing is responsible for building the space launch system, so you know they have the resources for stuff that NASA has already approved of, and for SpaceX to go out of their way completely test uh, their brand new parachute technology, adjust it when it wasn't what NASA was looking for, and then test it more to make it to the point where it is today, where it's being used on this Crew Dragon capsule, where uh, they were able to actually get the the approval from them. I mean, it's wild. It's crazy. I'm going to keep saying those words, because apparently <laughs> that's the only vocabulary I have. Rick says, distinction, question mark, and I didn't do my job efficiently and watch exactly when he said it, and there's a little bit of a delay, so I'm having a hard time figuring out okay. distinction of what, maybe between Boeing and SpaceX, or, um, I'm not 100% sure, sorry Rick, also Sharon says hi. Hi Sharon. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, what was the question again? It says, distinction, question mark. But I didn't watch properly to know uh, exactly when he said it to know what he was commenting on, gotcha. <laughs> unfortunately. Gotcha. Rick, if you could let us know what you were talking about, I'd be happy to try and answer My bad. That's <laughs> why so we have those launch weather officers. Absolutely. And I know, you know, we've talked about it before, but it's not just the weather in Florida that they're looking at. They've got to look at weather downrange. If they if they were to have an abort um, in flight and they needed to come down somewhere in the, in the ocean, uh, they need to consider what the weather's like out there because recovery teams have to go out and get them in a situation like that. So there's so many variables, um, and that's why. Um, Speaking of, let's 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 talk a little bit about that. So we've got the NASA team, we've got the SpaceX team that's involved in getting us to space, but it's also the Air Force and and everyone else that's involved in every little aspect that goes into this. Like one of the things about KSC is it's it's half. Um, Half of it is actual Air Force property, and then the rest is like, um, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, wildlife preserve, essentially. Mm, yeah. um, and, you know, the, the Air Force plays such a huge role, and then to have them gain a whole new branch of the military with the Space Force, um, there's there's so much that, that goes into this that's behind the scenes that you never ever see all you see is the rocket on the launch pad you see the spacecraft on board the, the astronauts some people you know clapping in the background but um there is a massive massive team involved in this and we're very honored that that they're able to help with this that's what makes it possible and so yeah so if if uh the capsule does have to get aborted for any reason um there's a whole team ready to deploy out into the ocean to, to recover them. So um, this is this is a huge okay. team effort. Yeah, we got. Wait, there's some of them are starting to count down, but we still have one above two thousand. So if that gets below, uh, I think they've still got weather issues. What's here? Can I hear that sound? And that didn't sound oh. great right there. That was the weather net going out, but mm. we're still standing by for a final decision. Yes, yeah, something is right out of the bounds of proper weather conditions for this. So we'll. So the crew's in that top teeny tiny white portion, right? It yep. would be like this, this amount. Uh, so the crew is 
probably about here, I would say. Um, they enter through that door there. These are their windows hmm. uh, that they can see out of. But, um, you know, when they when they sit in, they're, you know, if you see my body how I'm like this, um, when they launch, they tilt back. And we're going to continue to listen in for an update. And they're the actually laying, go over to like, John head, feet at down here. So they're, they're, in California. John? they're laying horizontal, parallel with the ground. Uh, we're still T minus 18 minutes and counting. Is, we uh, are still out on weather. Uh, expect an update from LD. We're waiting in about uh, another minute okay. for one final they check with weather. Face masks we're going to check at okay, 10 17 minutes. They're all loaded in. We don't really expect that things will have improved. Uh, the weather officer was not optimistic oh. that uh, the weather would clear up that way. Always have to be ready for a launch scrub, folks. This is part of space flight. Any perspective on what is happening in the module right now? They are well. What, they're going through last final checks. Really, at this point, it's it's weather. And at a certain point, the rocket takes over, the spacecraft takes over, and everything is somewhat automated. Now, good thing is that uh, if if there is an abort that's needed, the crew actually has the ability to abort within the capsule. So if they do need to, they can actually launch that. The spacecraft itself actually has a set of algorithms that can see if something's bad. If, if they need to abort. So they, you don't need to worry about the delay of the communication from, hey, something's wrong, send it to the ground station, the ground station sends the command. All that delay now doesn't have to happen, or at least we have some kind of a process for that to happen. Now, what's happening in there, uh, both these guys are military men, so um, they're, they're ready for the mission. I think it's really just about, they've gone through their checklist, you can see on the broadcast here, um, they've got their uh, checklist next to them, they have their space-rated iPads, and they're just ready for the mission, they're probably joking around, and just having a good time, very serious. Was it Black Sabbath? No, ACDC, Back in Black, um, Stars, uh, Star Spangled Banner, and a Girl from Ipanema. Very cool. And uh, we are here to try another day. So oh, right what? Now we did, uh, We've got a scrub, folks. No! It's scrubbed. All right, folks. The launch automatic sequence that controls the Falcon 9. Now I know. I know you're probably upset. That is also stopped. <laughs> I know it's frustrating. What is a normal... I know it's frustrating, but... Safety above everything. That's what we started this whole thing off of. Safety above everything. We need to make sure that these humans are safe. So the weather conditions were not good. So this is what the, the, the haste to get people to launch, that feeling that we all have, that is what killed the astronauts in the space shuttle program. We cannot forget that. So I know it sucks, but we'll be back this weekend. Uh, we'll... we'll We'll see if we want to do a hangout. If you guys like this, let us know, and we'll, we'll do it again. Otherwise, Saturday is our next attempt at launch, about 3 in the afternoon, Eastern Daylight Time. I don't know the exact time, but you can check out. NASA's going to have it. SpaceX is going to have it. Eastern Standard Time? Eastern Daylight Time. Oh. Yeah. EDT. I, I just want to say ET sometimes, <laughs> because I'm like, how do I remember which is Daylight and Savings? And I, I know I should. I could just Google it, but I don't. <laughs> um, but no. So, Scrub Launch... I know it sucks, but we're keeping these people safe. 
that is what is going to keep a sustainable space program going is making sure that they're safe. So Saturday, Sunday, hopefully this tropical storm that's hitting Florida and is making its way up to the East Coast to us up here in Massachusetts, um, let's hope that they have, if, if we get bad weather and they go good weather, then we're good. Yes, question. What happens to the fuel on a scrub? Ooh, the fuel on a scrub. Now, from my understanding, I'm not, I do not 100% know this, but they're going to have to take the fuel out of the rocket. So um, until then, the rocket is alive. So uh, there is a whole procedure to get the rocket safe enough to pull back. They may even be talking about it here. Let's see. Right down to the wire there, hoping we could just squeeze in between those cloud systems to get a launch today, but it wasn't to be. Um, but... Here, I'll put the closed captioning on, see if we get it. But, um, but no, I, right now the rocket is live. They're going to pull the, the fuel out, um, reuse it for another day, and uh, go about it. They actually have giant tanks uh, that are on the... I got to see this when we went uh, back in December to NASA Social, to Kennedy Space Center, uh, CRS-19. They have these giant tanks where they put the, uh, the liquid oxygen and, and all the different fuel that they have to use. Um, it, it, that's that's where they store these giant spheres. So they get uh, like sucked out. Yeah, yeah. They have a, they have a pumping system. Again, from what I understand, if I'm incorrect by any means, um, this is this is what I'm taking from from what I've learned over the years. But that is my understanding. Wow. That has to be risky, kind of. Oh, super risky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fueling. I mean, I think there was a SpaceX launch. Uh, the anomaly it was one of the Facebook was launching a satellite to actually give people around the world um, internet that didn't have it. Um, and uh, it actually blew up on the launch pad during during a fueling procedure. So, um, yeah, no, it's very risky. All, all of this stuff is. It's crazy. Oh, all right. So, like we said, uh, scrub today, but uh, we'll be back Saturday. Well, let's see. They are talking about it. Let's see if we can get some more info. Back the way they came, and then we'll be back to crew quarters for Bob and Doug for a few more days. Yeah, that's the other thing. These guys still have to stay in quarantine this whole time, not seeing their family. Uh, well, they, it was actually a really beautiful moment earlier when, when they got to see their families. In, wondering it's crazy. Why we're not still counting down. We did have a launch scrub today. Scrub! Just a little under 17 minutes. Fuel rates are Oh my god. There are so many people upset right now. Cursing. Cursing the screen. So yeah, 40 minutes to offload that fuel so that it's safe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They basically have to go in reverse. You know, because every, every point until then is... Um, yeah, every point until then is super, super risky. So, um, you know, that, that steam, basically, that you see coming off the rocket, um, that's the liquid oxygen becoming, going from liquid to, to gas immediately. Um, yep, but that's, that's, that's what we got, folks. That's what we got for you today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, just keep... Keep these people in your thoughts, man. This is and not just Bob Bacon or Doug Hurley and their families. The NASA team, the SpaceX team, um, they've done an amazing job to get us to this point. And there are going to be so many pissed off people today. But uh, that's what we try to leave you, lead up with the fact that this could happen, that scrubs are possible. 
Um, again, safety above everything. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll be back Saturday uh, for this launch. The backup to the backup is Sunday around the same time, uh, and, and those those scrubs are based on you know when can they launch the International Space Station? Because remember, the space station is orbiting around Earth, and then you're launching from a fixed point on a rotating Earth, and so you've got to find where you sync up with the orbit of the space station when you're going to be at a certain height in orbit, right? So you've got to plan all that out. So from Wednesday to Saturday, that's how long they could safely get the space station back in a position around the planet so they could launch. So mm. um, there's so many things that go into this. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. This is Today in Space. You can follow us along at Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, on uh, Today in Space on TikTok. Uh, we're doing Space in a Minute, where we bring you a minute of space every single day um, during the week. I take the weekends off, for the most part, uh, to get my life in order, because it is a balance. It's all about a balance, uh, and it's what the balance is what brought us here today with NASA and SpaceX working together. And I wish you... Long life and uh, live live long and prosper. And we'll see you on the next episode of Today in Space and for the launch on Saturday, maybe Sunday, for SpaceX uh, Demo 2 for Launch America. Launch America, people! Uh, you know who's going to be really upset? The president flew all the way out there for this rocket launch. My big, shiny rocket. Why... Why scrubbed it? I don't know. All right, folks. I'll see you later. Thanks for...